0: Welcome to the awesome PodMix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the third episode of Marvel Studios' Loki. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is lamentus written by Bisha K. Ali and directed by Kate Heron. Demons by Hailey Kiyoko plays over the Marvel Studios title sequence. The episode begins with Sylvie and Hunter C20 in an illusion. Sylvie tries to extract information from Hunter C20's subconscious through enchantment. The question is how many people are guarding the timekeepers? Hunter C20 remembers the place as if she's lived the moment before. When Sylvie asks, how do I find the elevators, Hunter C20 reveals that those elevators are gold. Sylvie smiles, but her smile wanes away when she spots Loki on the security monitors outside Rock's cart. Loki title sequence begins. Minutemen rush through a time door while Sylvie enters the TVA from another time door. Sylvie walks in and tries to enchant a Minutemen, but realizes her magic is no good here. She is quick to think on her feet and improvises. She kicks the minutemen, grabs the prune baton and prunes the minutemen. Another minutemen spot her and attack. Sylvie fights them off and prunes one more minuteman. Loki enters the time door and realizes he is in TVA armory. He gets his daggers from the locker. Loki follows Sylvie's trail and passes by the neutralized minutemen. Sylvie approaches the golden elevators with an hourglass design like Ravona Renslayer's chambers. Atop the elevator, it reads, for all time, always. Sylvie fights the guards and prunes one of them. Loki performs his signature move of tossing the daggers in the air and catching them. Sylvie draws her sword. Loki has questions like, are you sure you're a Loki? Perhaps we could work together. Sylvie fights Loki. Loki thinks capturing Sylvie is how he'll get to the timekeepers. Sylvie doesn't lack vision. Loki does. How can he be so naive? Renslayer arrives at the scene and breaks their fight. Sylvie uses Ravona's destruction and gets the upper hand on Loki and now holds a sword at Loki's neck. Ravona doesn't care two hoots about whether Loki lives or dies. Loki steals the Tempad from Sylvie and the Time Door Portal drops them in another apocalypse. Sylvie and Loki try to get their hands on the tempad. Sylvie finally manages to grab it out of Loki's hand, but realizes that the tempad is out of juice. Sylvie tries to stab Loki with a sword, but Loki uses his magic to disappear. He appears behind Sylvie and pushes her to the ground. He picks up the Tempad. Sylvie wants the Tempad back because our Loki doesn't even know how to recharge it. Loki reminds Sylvie that she's not the only tech-savvy Loki. Sylvie hates being called a Loki. Loki makes the Tempad disappear and threatens to do the same to Sylvie. Their fight comes to a halt when something literally crash-lands between them it feels as if sparks are about to fly. Sylvie asks, where did Loki bring them? We see its lamentous one in 2077. It's a moon that a planet is about to crash into and destroy. Of all the apocalypses saved on the Tempad, this is the worst. Both Sylvie and Loki make their way, avoiding the debris from the planet crashing into the moon's surface. Sylvie saves Loki. Loki is giving excuses like he didn't have time to scan the brochure and that is the reason they are stuck in this apocalypse. Sylvie is concerned that if Loki blows up, the temp pad will blow up and so would her plan which is years in the making. Loki checks if they are a team now. Sylvie denies, oh god no. They spot a place to seek shelter. They make their way to the shelter but Sylvie is too proud to ask for Loki's help. Loki and Sylvie catch their breaths after running for their lives. Sylvie uses this opportunity to enchant Loki. Loki reveals it won't work not because he's a magician because his mind is too strong. Dude, you were just under the influence of the Mind Stone before and during the Battle of New York. Your mind ain't that strong. Both Loki and Sylvie draw their weapons to fight each other. The banter between Loki and Sylvie is that of a lover's spat. Loki says, are we really about to do this here again? Sylvie replies, what do you propose instead? Loki replies, I don't know, a truce? Listen, neither of us is getting off this rock if we don't get the temp pad on. Sylvie questions, where have you hidden it? Loki says, in my heart. Sylvie replies, then I'll cut it out. Sylvie knows that Loki needs her to get the tempad recharged. That is why he saved her life before. Loki interrupted the plan that was years in the making. As soon as the tempad is turned on, Sylvie will go back to the TVA to finish what she started. Loki wants to know everything. Like what's Sylvie's plan from this point forward? Just because she has to work with Loki doesn't mean she likes to hear his voice. Sylvie doesn't like being called a variant or a Loki. She changed her name. Loki even calls Sylvie a photocopy, just like I had described the title sequence in the first episode podcast. Sylvie finally asks Loki, what makes a Loki, Loki? Loki replies, independence, authority, and style. Sylvie sarcastically comments, which is why you agreed to work for the TVA. Loki believes he is a consultant for the TVA. Loki would have never created a power vacuum at the TVA and walked away like Sylvie did. Sylvie and Loki barely have 12 hours to witness total annihilation of Lamentus 1. They'll need a massive power source to charge the Tempad. After getting blasted off by an old lady, Loki and Sylvie inquire about getting to the Ark, which would have a massive power source for recharging their tempad. pad. They need to get to the train at the edge of the town, but they'll never get a ticket. Sylvie and Loki reach the train station. Loki disguises himself as one of the guards to sneak Sylvie and himself onto the train. Sylvie enchants the guard to let her and Loki onto the train. Loki can't sit backwards on a train, and Sylvie can't sit with her back to a door. There must be a story behind that. When Sylvie mentions someone taught her decent enough magic, Loki assumes it were her mother. Loki describes Frigga, his mother, as good and purely decent. Sylvie asks if he's sure she was his mother because she sounds completely opposite of who he is. Loki reveals that he's adopted. Sylvie knew that information when she was a child. She barely remembers her mother, just blips of a dream at this point. No one taught me magic, just like Wanda. Sylvie learnt magic all by herself. Loki is curious to know how, but he's not willing to be enchanted. They discuss the old woman who was waiting to die. Sylvie thinks the old woman was in love. Loki thinks she hated her partner. Sylvie says, Maybe love is hate. Sylvie and Loki discuss love. They check with each other if any of their respective partners will be waiting for them when all of this is over. Sylvie says, Love is mischief then. Loki says, Love is… Loki needs some time to think. After a while, Loki gets drunk and he sports his variant analyst uniform and sings an Asgardian song. The English lines to which are When she sings, she sings, come home When she sings, she sings, come home Tom Hiddleston sings like an angel Loki smashes his martini glass and asks for another Just like Thor did in the first movie Sylvie is concerned because she noticed some people looking at Loki suspiciously Loki now has thought of the answer He's totally mesmerized by Sylvie and the alcohol that he's had Loki says, love is a dagger. It's a weapon to be wielded far away or up close. You can see yourself in it. It's beautiful. Until it makes you bleed. But ultimately, when you reach for it, Sylvie completes his sentence. It isn't real. Love is an imaginary dagger. Beautifully written dialogue by Bisha K. Ali. It beautifully surmises the character of Loki and his interpretation of love because he can never trust anything or anyone. Clearly, one of the passengers tip off the guards about Loki. The guards arrive to check Loki's ticket. Loki is drunk, so his magic trick fails, and the guards capture him. Loki fights them, and Sylvie helps him. Loki's dagger aim is awful because he's drunk. Loki gets thrown off the train and Sylvie jumps right behind him. Loki tumbles down to the ground. Sylvie is furious. Sylvie draws her sword at Loki and demands he give her the Tempad this instant. Loki complies but the Tempad is damaged. Loki doesn't believe that Sylvie can defeat the TVA. Sylvie screams her lungs out. Now, Loki's plan is to hijack the Ark so that it gets off the moon. Loki and Sylvie walk to the Ark. Loki has revealed so much about himself to Sylvie that Sylvie can use all of that information as tactical advantage to kill him. Loki needs to know if he can trust Sylvie. An important question, buddy, the whole series hinges on it. Sylvie explains enchantment as a show of faith to Loki. For enchantment to work, She establishes a physical connection, takes over the mind and creates a fantasy from their own memories. Loki is shocked to learn that people working for the TVA were variants just like them. Even Hunter C20's memories were from hundreds of years ago. Loki informs Sylvie that TVA members are not aware of that information. Loki and Sylvie reach the place from where the Ark is supposed to launch. Sylvie and Loki make their way to enter the Ark, fighting guards, sneaking away from the debris of the planet that's crashing onto the moon, in a single, almost three-minute shot stitched together to make it a seamless great work Kate Heron amazing I love that the writers wrote themselves into a corner where there's no escape for the lead characters it's a perfect midpoint for the series many people didn't like the episode but I love that the makers were able to get the two leads to fall in love during a 30-minute episode it works as an excellent setup for the following episode because now it makes it believable as to why the characters are motivated to take a certain route although all your roots lead to Awesome Pod Mix. You can listen to the Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, I'll soon be launching the Awesome Pod Mix page on Patreon and you can support me there. Thanks for listening.